0: You're listening to Keystone Cold Cases, a podcast where we reignite cold cases across Pennsylvania.
1: Hey, it's Chelsea. Hey, it's Grace.
0: And hey, it's Sarah. And on today's episode, we are going to take a look at the case of Dale Kerstetter. I don't even know how I stumbled across... This case, it just kind of came up in a random list, and I started reading about it on the Unsolved Mysteries blog, and there are some wild details, so I decided that you guys had to live some of these wild details with me. Dale Kerstetter was a maintenance man and security guard for Corning Glassworks in Bradford County in 1987 when he mysteriously vanished on september 12th while he was at work never to be seen again so before we dive into the missing details I want to talk a little bit about Dale unlike most cases I was actually able to find a good amount of details about him as a person so oh, I thought good. that was awesome a lot of people that knew him called him kind and generous like I said before he was born in 1937 and he always lived in PA he was born in PA raised here um, the only time that he was not in PA was when he was serving for a short stint in the Air Force but obviously so you can't really control where you are with that. But he was kind of the typical like Pennsylvania mountain guy that I kind of <laughs> think of. He was woodsy. He enjoyed trapping and hunting. He was also into skiing and skydiving, which just kind of sounds like my kind of person to hang out with, like kind of all over the place. And I love it. He was described as being very devoted to his children. And he was a great friend who was known to be very honest.
2: He sounds pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, to to be known for being honest, I think, is telling. Um, and I, it kind of comes into play when we talk about some theories of what happened in this disappearance. So he did have six children. Um, it was six or seven. Most sources I found said six children, but I did find one source that listed six daughters and one son. Um So six or seven children, and he and his wife had divorced prior to prior to his disappearance, Um, not like shortly before just you know, a couple years ahead of time they had split. He was working at the Glassworks factory from 1959 until he disappeared in 1987. He was hired on and worked most of his time there as a journeyman, but at a certain time the company started downsizing and that led to him losing his journeyman position and he became a maintenance worker and security guard um, to kind of make up at least some of the money from not being able to be a journeyman anymore what is a journeyman so i assumed it's similar in all trades i didn't look specifically for, um, like glasswork. But when you work, at least I'm thinking of like linemen, cause my best friend's husband is a lineman. He had to go through basically like different steps until he was like a full fledged journeyman. So he had to do like basically internships and extra classes in order to, it's kind of like a higher certification level. Okay. Sort of thing. Like you can go and do things on your own. You don't need basically like a supervisor
1: to watch your every move. Like you've kind Um, of mastered it. Yeah.
2: I just think it's crazy after being there for so long and then them kind of almost like demoting you. I mean, I guess it's better than being laid off, but that kind of sucks.
1: Yeah. What happened there? I don't
0: know the details, but I think according to some of the quotes that came from family members, they made it seem like people that were being cut were being offered at least some sort of severance. And he probably, because he was so close to retirement, was offered a severance and didn't like the severance. And he probably could get more by just switching his job title. So it was probably one of those like, hey, we got to let some people go. You're going to be retiring in a few years anyway, so we're going to let you go at this pension. And I think he said no and went to the other job, but I couldn't find confirmation on that. But from bits and pieces I got from different interviews with some of the kids, that's kind of what it seemed like.
2: I just think it's crazy. Most companies like will not give you that option to stay like unless it's like they might think that you will jeopardize them as a company because you're upset or mad or X, Y and Z. And some companies like when they give it to you, they won't even let you stay on that long. They let you go like kind of immediately.
0: Yeah. And I don't I mean, like I said, I don't know for sure that that's even what happened. And it he may have just been offered. Um, I don't know, because I'm trying to think if he was maybe offered the severance And then just, like, said, but you've got this job opening, and rather than them offering it to him, maybe he said, instead of leaving, can I have that job? Or something like that. Yeah. Um, But it seemed like they were offered something, um, but either... You know, he wanted to keep working. It wasn't enough to live on, whatever. Um, the one article that I found did comment that he took the security guard and maintenance position for extra money. And it was kind of implied that it was like more than a pension would have been. But I'm again, I'm not entirely sure.
1: I feel like back then, too, you were rewarded more for your loyalty to companies like it. That's just not the case yeah, anymore. But that's true. Back then, when people worked at the same place for sometimes their entire lives, there was more loyalty both ways. Now today, it's, I mean, everyone has always been replaceable, but so much more so now. Yes. Yeah, I
0: would agree with that. But I did also kind of look a little bit into what this plant made, uh, Corning Glassworks, and they made long glass rods for electrical resistors. Um, and that seems like something that Chelsea probably understands that is over my head. But as an engineer, I
2: feel like that's probably closer to your wheelhouse. I work with resistors every day, especially for like telephone poles and stuff. like That's what the electrical okay. wires hook up to on top of okay. the poles.
0: Oh, yes. Okay. Now that you use those words, I know exactly what they're talking about. <laughs> um, okay. That makes a lot of sense then. So... Uh, There was actually one instance at Horn and Glassworks where Dale literally saved people's lives. There was a forklift at one point that got underneath a stream of molten glass, and I guess the, like, essentially liquid glass was rolling off of the forklift, pouring onto a propane tank. Oh my god! Yeah, so I don't know if you guys understand, you know, I guess that's physics, Hot, molten, liquid glass against a pressurized container is not going to go well.
1: Hot thing and propane. Not at all.
2: Go
0: boom. As my uh, students kept saying as we were reading one of the Hunger Games books last week, everything would go boom, boom. (laughs) Because that's how 14-year-olds talk, apparently. That's how I talk. That's fair. Um, But he saw this happening. He got in the forklift. And he was able to move the forklift so it wouldn't flow any more of the molten glass. And also then, you know, alerted people to make sure that the propane got switched out and everything was checked and all that kind of stuff. So um, he definitely had a good relationship and was in good standing with the company. And that just kind of leads us up to what actually happened.
1: I don't want to take away from like... How awesome it was that he leapt into action but like did someone not put the the brake on and it was just the forklift was just rolling kind of what it seems
0: like because i found it in a couple articles where they mention this act of heroism and it literally just says like the forklift rolled hmm so, I don't, maybe he was also the one that didn't put the brake on. Maybe he <laughs> well, wasn't. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they just said that the forklift rolled into the path. Cause I like to think there's probably not molten glass just like all over the room that it could maybe land on a forklift. Like, I like to think that they've got that in a controlled zone and that the forklift
1: is what was moving. I'm imagining like a waterfall of molten glass and I'm yeah, like, ooh. Me too. <laughs> I'm, like, dangerous, but so pretty.
0: <laughs> oh, this is why we should never work in places like that. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Dale ended up going missing September 12th, 1987. And we are going to start at the beginning of his shift. His shift started at 11 p.m. that night. Um, he was working overnight because... He could get overtime pay. Um, so it was extra pay to work the overnight guard shift. So he showed up for his shift around 1030. He is seen on cameras and... He's seen arriving and then he is seen again on surveillance camera footage at 1045 p.m. And he is never seen after that timestamp. However, over the next two hours between um, 11 and 1 a.m., a masked intruder was seen on video multiple times. I hate that. Yeah, I don't like two it.
1: hours and masked intruder. Just. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. 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 So, There was a theory pretty quickly that came out that he must have been the one that was masked because he was not seen in the videos and no one was being alerted. So he was probably the one masked. And then other people, and we'll dive into these a little bit deeper later, but other people started saying he was just helping someone else rob the plant and whenever One of his daughters was approached with this theory. She said, well, I mean, if he was involved, we would have seen him on cameras because he would have been helping. He's the one that knew where everything was. And so since he's not seen on those cameras, that was kind of her like if he was
1: helping, he'd be helping. But what if he was wearing a mask? We are going to get into that. Oh, okay.
0: So there there is a reason that that gets dismissed pretty quickly. But anyway, so September 12th is when this all starts at night he is last seen at 10 45 p.m and then we see the masked intruder on video a couple different times over the next two hours on september 13th when the next shift showed up so he would have been working 11 to 7 next person came in between 6 30 and 7 they found dale's keys and his lunch pail which still had like all of his food in it, sitting in the break room and his Jeep was still in the parking lot. There is a really good Unsolved Mysteries blog that is linked on our blog um, with a lot of information. And according to that article quote, at first managers at the plant thought that he was out drinking and would turn up. However, by 5 PM, the police were called to investigate the truck yielded a number of clues that suggested he had not disappeared voluntarily and his keys were in the ignition. So they went on to explain that there were a few items found in his truck That really made them think that it was unlikely that he left voluntarily. Um, There was a full carton of cigarettes, an empty gun holster. Not sure where the gun was um, and a day pack in the truck.
1: I'm guessing maybe these were his house keys that were found with his lunch pail that you said were in the break room. And because you said that his or maybe work keys or something, because you said that his car keys were found in his car. Yeah, I took it to be work keys. Okay, gotcha. That were found. Um,
0: but now that you bring that up, it didn't specify and I didn't even think about it. People can have multiple
2: keys. <laughs> I'm just it's confused true. because like nowadays, like if I left my car at work, I don't think anyone would ever really call about it. And it seems like it wasn't even 24 hours with his truck kind of really I guess being there when it was not supposed to. I don't think any place I worked would ever call the police unless it was like maybe something inside that would alert them or like a door open or something I don't know I just don't think if they saw a car like I could have went home with my friend Heather who I work with or x y and z you know I don't know well he was the only
0: person working as the night guard and when the next guy came in and the dude wasn't there but his car was I think that's what really alerted them because he was the only person there like the plant doesn't run at night but they just had security at night so there was no one else that could have taken him home Well,
2: like me and grace we well i'm not i can't remember so forgive me grace but i used to work overnight at the place where we worked together and i don't think they would ever call if they saw my car there i don't know i think retail's a little bit different too because you've got like public
0: parking because i think like when i worked at I worked at a handful of different stores in the bank and stuff like that. And I don't think my car overnight would alert any of them. Um, but I also think like they would have texted me and that wasn't an option in 1987. Yeah. So, I mean, only guy that's at the plant, he's working security. He's someone that they all know. He's been there forever. They go to walk in and like all of his stuff is there, but he's not.
1: I think it really depends on the place. yeah. Because, like, where we worked, that's, like, a huge parking lot, too, and, like, lots of people around. But at some of the places I've worked, especially if I'm close to my coworkers, like, I think in certain situations, if I showed up and someone wasn't there that I'd known forever and had worked there forever, I might be a little... I don't know, more concerned than if it was like a big factory situation or big like retail store situation. I guess it just depends. And if if he'd worked there for like, what, 20 years or however long? Yeah. They're probably like, huh, that's not yeah, like him. There for a long time. But I guess it just depends.
0: Throughout the night as he is working, he's also supposed to check in with their main factory. There were multiple Corning Glassworks plants. And he was supposed to do hourly check-ins with the main factory. And he did a check-in at 11 and then there were no other check-ins made. So a lot of people, especially on the internet, were jumping right to like, how come no one in the main factory alerted anyone? Uh, It was a newer employee that was working at the main factory and... Something about either it was a little unclear, either he wasn't aware that they were supposed to check in every hour or he just thought because there were so many kind of satellite buildings that he thought they checked in and didn't realize until later on in the next day that he hadn't checked in. It just always
2: works like that, like odd coincidences that add up to certain things like this. It's so weird. It's so weird. The odds it's, were not in his favor.
1: <laughs>
0: Speaking of Hunger Games.
1: Yeah, maybe like the new guy thought he was doing something wrong. So he didn't want to like say anything or just the way the communication oh, yeah. was like, oh, maybe the guy is like trying to check in or something like that. And it's something I'm doing. I don't know. Maybe I'm projecting because that's how I would nope. feel. I'd be like, oh, it's something I did. <laughs> Oh, 100%. I'm, I'm right there with you. But
0: once detectives heard that he had not checked in at all, after that time, they realized that things were a little suspicious. So as of September 14th, so we're about a day and a half out, police brought canine units to the grounds to track his scent. And there was a dog that was able to track his scent to a specific building on the grounds. And in this building, there was a glass kiln called the Tank. And inside of the tank was a bunch of platinum pipe. So platinum is very valuable. Platinum is worth more than gold is. And um, it seemed a little bit weird to investigators and really to everybody at the plant that he would have been around there that night. Um, His scent was only found right at the tank. It was like he walked in that building right to it. Like, no other rooms, no other staircases, nothing else in the building had his scent except that one room. Um, And they tried to track him farther, and that was the only hit they could get from the dogs. So, it's also important to note at this point that whenever the intruder was seen in the videos, and whenever it was later realized that, spoiler alert, that kiln that had platinum pipe in it, There was platinum pipe missing roughly a quarter million dollars worth. Wow. So some people started trying to put some puzzle pieces together on the 15th and 16th of September, where a couple days later, uh, video cameras were reviewed and we learned the following details based on timestamps. So at 1030, we see Dale arrive for his shift. At 10.40, a masked intruder enters the guards area in the back of the plant. At 10.45, Dale is seen meeting the intruder in a corridor in the back of the plant and the two are seen speaking. And then a couple minutes later, about 1047, the intruder is seen alone again, and Dale is never seen on camera again. The investigator does note that the intruder is seen going up to the glass kiln around midnight. The intruder is seen taking the platinum pipe from the kiln, and like I said before, plant officials investigated this and discovered that $250,000 worth of platinum pipe was missing, and had been cut out with a hacksaw.
2: But, like, isn't this something that you'd probably, like, be able to track of, like, selling-wise? Like, of random person selling? I'm sure maybe. I don't know.
0: I always think that with theft, but I feel like there's always, like, the black market, dark web, all that kind of stuff. Was
1: Platinum Pipe more common back then? Was it for something just like that, very specific? Do you know Chelsea? Like do they still use <laughs> platinum pipe?
2: Uh I my company does not use that or the people that we contract with, I'm not sure. I'd have to look it up.
1: Yeah I'd never really heard like I hear about people stealing copper pipes all the time, but oh, <laughs> I've yeah. never like platinum just seems you must need that for something pretty specific. Yeah. And I mean as we get into the
0: theories there's a lot of ideas that point toward either dale or another employee being a part of it um so it quite possibly could just be that whoever was involved knew that platinum was worth money and that
2: it was there uh so i just looked it up and it makes sense um that basically the platinum um pipes uh, they need to be used and it's kind of like an essential tool with a uh, glass industry because of, uh, uh, I guess their thermodynamics of it and how um. it helps with the glass. So I think, I mean, I didn't really look up on, on it, but the platinum and its alloys have, I guess, been long accepted as like the essential materials for fabrication and the equipment. Um, and I mean, I'm not looking too deep into it. That's like the first things that pop up, but I'm assuming they still use it.
1: Hmm. Interesting. That would make sense. So we're going to plan a heist is what I'm getting at. <laughs> yes. Let's admit that on a podcast. It's a, They'll never get really good idea.
0: Never. Um, so anyway, yeah, there was a quarter million dollars worth of platinum pipe missing that had been cut out with a hacksaw. Um, this then led the investigator to believing that the intruder had to have known the plant very well, um, because, again, you can see. There's three video clips and I'll talk a little bit more about them. Um, and between the three of them and the timestamps, you can tell that like this intruder knew exactly where they were going. So um, there's a thought that either Dale was involved or somebody
2: else who knew the plant well was involved. All I can think about is like most plants, they have floor layouts on their They have, to, I mean, I don't know what it is was then back then, but they have to, right. especially if there's like an emergency, they have to know where like everything is. And then also it could be someone that is a contractor with a company or a, like a delivery person for materials X, Y, and C to like drop stuff off and like just pick up stuff along the way. Those are the two things that I thought of. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's definitely I mean, uh, possible. To me, if Dale was going to steal this stuff, why the hell would he take another position if he's just about to like bank out on, you know pipe it doesn't make sense
0: yeah i i don't really think that he himself did it um when we get into the theories more um well which we're getting there really soon i'll talk a little bit more about some of the arguments that have been given against it being him um but i can definitely see like anyone that's in there and knows the layout would be able to probably get there
1: um well, he took the security job, right, where he would probably be working more on his own. Like, I guess I'm just like kind of playing devil's advocate. Yeah. Like maybe he was kind of pissed about losing his position, you know, took yeah. the security job and I don't know, had something to do no, with that. So maybe it's possible. Yeah. Um.
0: So the one thing that really kind of stopped the theory that Dale alone was responsible um, is the fact that the intruder and Dale are seen talking to each other. So at one point they are both in the same frame. So that's where a lot of the theories went from. It's Dale. He took it and then ran away to start a new life and it moved over to um, was somebody else involved with him and maybe they double crossed him.
1: Does it... Can you see the video, by the way, or were you just reading about it?
0: I was just reading about it. Um, I found one site that has the files, but apparently they are not files supported by Apple, so I could not open them on my computer.
1: Okay, because I was just wondering if when he was talking to the intruder, if he seemed surprised or shocked or... So... I mean, like I
0: said, it does exist out there. Um, The link is part of our blog post if anyone wants to go try to get it to work. Um, But based on the comments I was reading, it's like basically impossible to actually see what's happening. It's really grainy. Okay. Um, It's 1987. Yeah. A lot of the comments on this thread even said like i can't even agree with what investigators claim they saw because i can't even make out the shapes that they're claiming they see okay so it's it's kind of you have to take the footage with a grain of salt and apparently a grain of pixels because that's all it looks like
2: i can't believe someone hasn't
0: tried to restore it better they have um
2: fail okay
0: yeah people have tried and they've gotten a little bit more clarity out of it but again it's digitized from film because it wouldn't have been digital in the 80s or yeah it would have been what am i thinking of i don't know um but it it would have been like recorded on or saved on like a tape versus it automatically saving as a digital file is more so what I'm thinking. So even getting it to digital, that's going to change the resolution of it. And then having to then play with it further, you're going to gain some things, but lose others. So um, they have tried, but no one has gotten it to a point that it's like super easy to tell what's going on. The first theory, like I mentioned before, I'm just going to kind of roll through. Um, And it's this idea that he wanted a new life and a new start and that he did this and ran away and left everyone behind. And I think that kind of came from he had gone through a divorce. He was close to retirement. His kids were adults. What does he need to stay around here for? He can just go start a new life. And that was kind of the outlook a lot of people had. Now, when approached with this idea, his family... Um, specifically two of his daughters and his ex-wife had a couple different rebuttals. So they said it wouldn't make sense for him to pack a lunch and leave it. It wouldn't make sense for him to leave cigarettes in the truck. He was a hunter and he left all of his hunting rifles behind. So why would he not take any of them? He was six months away from retirement. So why would he leave when he's so close? Um, Why would he upend everything? And... Um, The daughters said that they believe their dad heard the intruder and went to investigate. And then whenever he was caught by the intruder, he was murdered because he was a witness. Now, there is one of those, you know, three clips that I said they had of the intruder. One of those clips from about... 1250 a.m. September 13th shows the intruder pulling something very heavy. Uh, Some people think that it is Dale's body in a bag that he is dragging. Some people think that the platinum was just that heavy that he was dragging it. But investigators basically said either could be true. Um, The platinum should not have been that heavy. But if they don't know who this person is, then... You know, weight is kind of relative, so he might struggle with something that's lighter that other people wouldn't struggle with. And I keep saying he for the intruder. They assume it's a man. I apologize for that.
2: I'm just confused about, like, the walking away and starting a new life, because at this point you had said his daughters are older. He's already divorced. What the hell is he walking away from? He could easily like start a new life and have them involved. It's not like he's married, has young children. They're dependent on him. He's about to retire. I mean, that doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, it doesn't add up for me either.
0: It really doesn't to me. Um, And it gets dismissed by most people pretty quickly. Um, Theory number two is the one that a lot of people are sticking with. Um, And this is the theory that he was in on it. So, like I said before, Corning Glassworks was beginning to cut down on staff. And as a result, Dale was able to maintain a position with the company, but he did take, you know, a weekly pay cut um, going from a journeyman to working maintenance and security. Investigators found absolutely no sign of forced entry into the plant. Um, And there was no evidence that like the last security guard was injured as he was leaving or anything like that, that someone was trying to kind of sneak in that way. His gun was missing. Like I said, they found the holster in his truck, but not the gun itself. But there was no evidence that any guns had been fired. So I don't even know why it's mentioned in the investigation report, but I threw it in there. And... Some people said that he would have done it because he had a lot of debt. And one of the articles I found gave a, an estimated range of about $30,000 to $40,000 in debt, which if you take that up to 2022 money is just shy of hundred grand.
2: That's a lot of money. It is, but I
0: can't imagine. I mean, if you consider like my house, I have well over $100,000 in debt. Granted, most of that is a mortgage, but- I mean, I, it's not something that makes me think I'm going to go steal a quarter million dollars worth of platinum and run away and start a new life or anything.
1: Did they mention like what had caused that if it was a mortgage or. Um, so they didn't say
0: it was just, they just said he had debt. Um, gotcha. I, I typically assume that debt is not mortgage, but.
1: Yeah. Because technically That's mortgage also debt 2022 is
2: 2022 brain. Well, mortgage debt is good debt. Whereas credit card debt is kind of like bad debt. I don't, I don't see why they would mention the mortgage. Debt. I don't know. I I think yeah, it would be something yeah, else. I, yeah.
0: And it's, it's speculation that comes from different people. So it's not like an actual bank statement or anything that says he did in fact owe us X, Y, Z amount of money. Um, But then one of his daughters said if he participated, which she still held firm that he did not participate Um, But if he participated, it's unlikely that a reason would have been financial because he had kids that could take care of him, that could help him out financially. He had a savings account and he had, you know, he was still working and adding to his 401k, those sorts of things. So she was like, I can't imagine him doing it for that reason because he had access to funds just in separate accounts. It just
2: wasn't like in his standard everyday checking account. I don't know, but she like says that now. It probably would have been different if you have a family member coming to ask you for that much money. That's a lot of money. Yeah, I don't
0: know. Um I mean, like I said, she I mean they're all fully grown adults. So I wanna take her at her word and say that I believe that she would have helped. Um but again, I don't think that he created the plot to do it anyway. So I don't think it's even like a necessary um, piece of information to factor into my own theory, but it, I mean, it can be for this theory. Um, I did also see another article that said his debt may have been as low as like seven to $10,000. So For all I know, it's just a bunch of hearsay. Um, It was never listed on any official documents. Like I said, there were no bank statements. His family didn't state a specific amount or anything like that. The only statement from the family was that if there was debt, it was something that could be handled. Um, So there were a couple other ideas. Um, The one that really sticks with me, and this is kind of what I would more readily align my theory with. um, It's the idea that a different employee did this. Um, There was a friend of Dale's who came into money abruptly and seemingly randomly after Dale's disappearance. So it definitely seems like, Oh, this guy went missing, and so did $250,000 worth of platinum from the job where he was working when he went missing. And you just ended up with a lot of money. Suspicious. Um, FBI and local police did investigate, and they declared that they no longer thought this friend to be a suspect. So I guess whatever reason there was for him to have that money was either legitimate. Or differently wrong, just not tied to this particular event. Um, This same friend who was interviewed then later said that he had overheard Dale and a different co-worker talking about how easy it would be to steal platinum. The friend thinks that the other coworker got Dale to agree to it and then double-crossed him, killed him, and kept all the value for himself. There is absolutely zero evidence to support this theory. But in my mind, this theory makes so much sense to me. Um, a masked man is coming in. You're the only security guard and you're not, I mean, he doesn't show any, any major signs of like fear, like he's not running. You don't see him like yelling, you know, you can kind of see people yell, like you can't see any of that from him. Um, He's just standing there like talking. And I mean, again, I've never been in this situation. So it's quite possible that, you know, fight or flight kicked in and he just went to freeze. And sure, you know, that might be why he was just standing so calm. Um, But it does seem a little suspicious that there was no. um, Like no reaction to this other person being there and then he's not seen again, so I can totally buy the theory that he was letting a friend in and then just got double crossed and got killed in the process. And I hate that idea, but it kind of makes a lot of sense. I could see that. Um, a couple other ideas here are that a different co-worker, so like apparently all the people that work here are just suspects because they've been on the list about six times. Um, a different co-worker had been fired about a month prior for stealing items from Corning, but it's not known if that person was ever interviewed. They were never named as a person of interest um, or as a suspect, but they may have been interviewed. There's just no record of it. Um, there's a theory that he was placed in a gas well. That's all it said. No more details. Couldn't find it anywhere else. But maybe he was placed in a gas well. Um, some think that he was killed in a mob-related incident, which it doesn't really have any other signs that line up with that. Um, we know it's possible in PA, but it just, these this particular disappearance doesn't seem to align with that, but maybe I'm crazy. Where's um, Bradford County? So Bradford County is northeast PA. Is it, it butts up against New York.
1: Is it near Monroe County? I mean, close-ish, but I don't think they touch. Oh, okay.
0: Because Monroe touches Jersey, right?
1: Yeah. I was just wondering because that was from my last um, story. Susan Saratelian may have been uh, mob-related, potentially. Yes.
0: So, yeah, Bradford County is northeastern PA. So the top northeast corner of PA is Susquehanna Mm -hmm. County. And then uh, Bradford County is on the west side of Susquehanna. Okay. Gotcha but it, it touches New York. So I was wrong previously. Um, but that's a thought is that it was mob related. Um, and the final theory that I found was that he was placed in the plant's furnace and then the furnace was turned on so that it would essentially cremate him. But then that came back to be impossible because the furnace had not been fired at all that night. Which just makes me think about, um, there was definitely a TV show, and I can't remember what it was, but, um, oh no, it wasn't a TV show, it was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. When they talk about um, Veruca Salt, when she goes down and they say, oh, they
1: didn't light the, hopefully they didn't light the uh, trash on fire today. That's funny that you say that, because Chelsea's kid was just in a uh, school production of Willy Wonka. (laughs) That is true. So that's fresh in our minds. Oh
0: yeah, my my randomness is truly all over the place tonight. I apologize. Oh yeah, Willy Wonka, mob in yeah, you know. Furnace. It's because it's because Grace and I have pink and purple backgrounds.
1: Yeah, mine's like for some reason Gotham City or some shit in the future.
0: I just have dancing mushrooms behind me. I don't know what's happening. They
1: weird me out. I had to change
0: mine. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so later on in 1990, Dale's daughter tried to have her father declared legally dead, but Corning Glassworks argued against it, saying that he was involved in the theft and not just an innocent victim. Because of this, they would not release his pension or insurance money to the kids two of his kids were still under 18 they were teenagers but had they been able to release that pension then you know those kids could have received part of that pension that is terrible um, yeah,
1: yeah i was like wow
0: but in pennsylvania it's not customary to list a missing person as deceased for seven years still i don't know
1: yeah their reasoning bothers me yeah yeah i don't
0: like that at all yeah um like well he was involved so i yeah so f your kids
1: like what (laughs) right
0: pretty much pretty much um now the court did come back from that request after the daughter submitted it and um corning glassworks Responded to it. The court came back with a refusal stating that, quote, the evidence was too vague. It could not be proven that Dale met with any harm that night.
1: That makes a little more sense to me. Yes. But like the company being like, no, he stole from us. We're not giving it like forget what I said about loyalty. Like he worked for you for that long. And I don't know. It just seems sleazy i don't know
0: yeah no that's true um he was eventually legally declared dead in july of 2014 after um well more than the seven years had passed and that's
1: a freaking long time yeah i don't understand what's going on here something's not right here there's so
0: many weird pieces to it that just don't quite click for me like i feel like i'm pulling together a puzzle from two different boxes like it, it
1: just pieces don't make sense to me so how um, long isn't that like 26 years or something math is, is hard he, 87
0: <laughs> he went missing in 87 so ninety seven oh seven would be 20 27 27 years yeah my yeah. god yeah Yeah, it seems weird. Um, But the day of his death was listed as September 12th, 1987. Hmm. Which I always think that's interesting when they do that. I know we talked about that on an episode pretty recently, too. But um, so as far as how things are now, um, his family has accepted that even if he did not die that night, his life has most likely come to its end. But they still want answers about what happened to their father that night. So if you do have any information, you can call Pennsylvania State Police at 814-938-0532 or submit a tip at HTTPSunsolved.com slash tips. That's all we have for this episode of the Keystone Cold Cases podcast. Please remember never to reach out to family or friends of the victims, only to law enforcement if you have any tips. This episode was researched and hosted by me, Sarah. Find all of our sources, social media connections, and contact information at kccpod.com. Theme music and production assistance from Darren Makins. Join us again next week for
2: another case to sleuth out.